0: Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahneman. Thanks
1: for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahneman on the ContenderCast for shining a light on bright ideas today in the consumer product space in the... Baby feeding category. And and all of you that have listened to close to 300 episodes know that I don't think we've ever touched this category. And I'm so excited today to dive into it because I'm not an expert. I'll tell you, I mean, I love kids and I, I love uh, children, but I have never um, interviewed anyone that has a product in this space. So I'm so excited to introduce you to Prisca Diaz. She's the founder and CEO of Benny Lab. Um, Prisca, it's so great to have you on the podcast.
2: Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here.
1: Thank you for. The podcast. I love it. Yes, I'm so glad you're here too, um, and super excited to dive into your product and. I can't even wait to unpack this for all of the moms out there um, for those that maybe one day will be moms. um, And even the guys that may not realize, you know, how, how a feeding system works um, for a baby. You're going to be fascinated by the products we talk about today. So let's do this. I, you know, and I love your background. You're a creative person. You're an art director with L'Oreal. I mean, like how did you even get into the entrepreneurship space? Well, just
2: then. um, So it's, First of all, I, was, I wasn't I was born here. I was born and raised in Peru. So um, I came to the United States when I was 17. So that was a little bit of a transition. I couldn't even speak English but then. Wow. Um, and I had just finished my high school. So I was really like nowhere. But um, I've always been a creative person, I think, since I was a child. So that was my goal. I wanted to be in arts and design and you know, work for this big firm sometime, someday, and, um, you know, get it all done. So I worked through my uh, goals and dreams, and um, I started learning English. Um, And then a year after that, I uh, enrolled into the City University of New York. I got my bachelor's degree in advertising design. And then um, a year later, I went to Pratt Institute to complete my master's degree in communications and packaging design. Um, since then, I've been working in, um, you know, packaging design, graphic design, web design, and um, I believe around 2005, I got uh, the job at L'Oreal, which was great, and I was there for a good five years. Um, it was fantastic. I was traveling the whole world. Wow, <laughs> I learned a nice. lot about you know, not only design, but interacting with um, other departments like engineering, quality control, um, I was going everywhere to oversee the production, you know, my own designs that I had done, color matching and so on, so that it was wow. a great experience. That's really um, cool. And then, yeah, and then I got married and had children, and that was <laughs> kind of like, <laughs> everything changed, turned upside down. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: well, I have yeah. to say, I, I love Peru. Um, I worked in Lima for a year um, with a customer really? a couple of years ago. I loved um, the culture and the people there and the food um, and the pisco sours, of course, and yeah. uh, uh, Machu Picchu, <laughs> of course, I mean, everyone uh, goes yeah. over to Machu Picchu, but I mean, amazing. And so, I mean, and what a challenge to come here and not speak the language and then not only have to learn the language, but get educated. And I mean, I, I, I think in itself a challenge, right?
2: It, it it was. It definitely was. Um, I, I think Spanish is much harder than English. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I mean, I don't want to say it's, it's easy, but, you know, it, it was challenging. But at the same time, it's I, you know I think there was a lot of um, commonality between the two languages so it
1: wasn't so bad sure wow as a, yeah
2: the result it wasn't so crazy
1: yeah well that, that's amazing and what a cool story um and and to see that you you know you you overcome so much in a good way you know what I mean and it, it probably gave you some of the, the rigor to go start your own business so how did you decide to start your own company and and, and I know we got in your story too you got married and started having children like it, it was that when you realized there was maybe a problem to be solved?
2: Yes, yes, absolutely. So when I had my first baby, um, he I want to say he was the gassiest baby in the whole planet. Of course he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> he was just one out of 80% of those babies, you know. Um, and, um, and and it, you know as a new mother, things are very, very difficult. You know, as, as hard as you think coming to a whole new country, learning a new language and educating yourself and all that is hard, motherhood is much harder than that wow. <laughs> um, there's no education for it nobody you know <laughs> babies don't come with instructions it's all <laughs> you have to figure it out it's really um you know it's, it's the emotional part of it the responsibility it's very uh very live it's a life changing event for sure and wow. um i uh you know i had to deal with my baby crying day at night uh very gassy spitting up um and you know i took him to doctors of course multiple times and uh, nobody had a solution you know it's, it's the answer the common answer out there is well the baby will grow out of it just gotta wait about 10 months and you'll uh, be fine
1: right that's <laughs> yeah. not a really good answer hey just be patient some point they'll grow out of it right
2: yeah yeah um but but it's not um you know it, it's not a good answer um it, uh, it puts a lot of strain on the parents the whole family i mean We lived in New York City, in Queens, um, and my baby cried, you know, two, three times in the middle of the night, and I could hear my downstairs neighbor, my next door neighbor, upstairs neighbor, everybody waiting.
1: (laughs) That's not not good.
2: (laughs) It it was, you know, it was hard from so many angles, and um, and, and the the industry doesn't really offer anything. You know, babies babies and families do have to endure this issue. So, um, I started doing a lot of research and trying to find out why my baby so gassy, what's the problem. He was eventually diagnosed with gastroesophageal reflux as well, just like 66% of babies in this wow. country. And, um, and again, nothing that could help them. So, my, through my months of research, um, I learned that the air introduction in the traditional baby bottles um, caused my baby's problem wow. um he wasn't allergic he didn't have any allergies or anything so i figure okay so if air in a bottle causes gas and acid reflux no air in a bottle should not cause any of those issues i mean it was very <laughs> simple right it seems like yeah
1: no air would be good
2: <laughs> and so um and i you know i started searching of course there was nothing there so again i utilized my Design skills, and I wanted to design my own product that actually eradicated com- all of the air from inside the container so my baby wouldn't have to deal with it. Wow. Um, and uh, it took about six years um, to actually have the first production um three wow. years to come up with a prototype i mean it was oh my a little bit crazy <laughs>
1: <laughs> right
2: uh, you know i was doing this at my kitchen table trying to design trying to work something out um baby was born three months later i got pregnant with my second baby so you know life gets in the way of course uh so it took some time to um, have a prototype finalized.
1: And now, how did that um, how did that process work for you? I mean, you're at the kitchen table, trying different materials and products and whatnot. But did you was there at some point you had to go get help? At uh, some point, when you had to take it to a manufacturer or someone that could yeah. actually create a prototype, what did that look like?
2: Yeah, yeah, sure. So um, I had something resembling a prototype. You know, literally held by by. Crazy glue and chewing gum, and um, now I have <laughs> nice. to take my prototypes to engineers and manufacturers to see if this was feasible. I mean, many times as a designer, you design something, and you know nobody can make it for you, so it's not it's not a good design. So. Um, we had to um, you know, start calling manufacturers. Of course I started close to home, um, in the New York area, Connecticut, New Jersey. And, you know, it was it was very difficult to try to convey the idea, the concept, you know, the 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 response that I got from the engineers was, well, if you want the baby to move this air plug when he creates the suction, then it's not gonna be tight enough and you're not gonna be able to hold any liquid. Um, and if you wanted to hold liquid, the baby will not, baby suction will not be able to move this. Um, so, but my prototype did work that way. So interesting. when I showed the prototype, <laughs> they were like, oh, interesting. Okay, I got it to work on my kitchen table. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, when, when you're a trained engineer, you know, like in your head, you'd already imagine it, Okay. How many pounds of force does this need to move? this? it, you know, and, and their heads just been didn't click, so it took a while to find the right partner, um, the the you know the right person that was going to work with my ideas and my designs and see how that goes. Cause it wouldn't, it, we didn't find anything out there in the industry that will be similar, so that we can say, you know, you can look at it and say, well, this works here, it may work this way. So there was there was nothing that we could look at. Wow, uh, ranges are probably the closest thing. But, um, you know, they're a single use, they don't, they don't you can't, you know, what? throw them in the dishwasher, it wouldn't work, sure. they create a lot of friction, you don't really create suction with the syringe, so, so it was very, very difficult and part of the reason why it took so long to, um, you know, create the, the wow. first True. manufacturer.
1: Yes. And for those who don't know, this product, Bear, a feeding system that feeds babies air-free milk in upright position and lets the baby control the flow or pace of feeding. And then I saw that you self-funded, which you were just talking about, to get the prototype. And then you did a crowdfunding campaign, correct? And then it it seemed to take off. So how did you manage through the crowdfunding? What did that look like? The
2: crowdfunding was interesting. Um, we started in Kickstarter and uh, I was too naive to understand what was the process and we just you know <laughs> created it. created the video and left it there um, you know it didn't get funded um, and then I learned that you know you really have to promote it you right. really have to bring in all your backers and you have to do a lot of work so um so I I did it a second time and I actually did it directly from my website, um, you know, with the Facebook page and the blogs and I drew my own backers and my own, uh, population to it. Um, and so the day that the pre-sale opened, we got, we raised $50,000 in the first 48 hours. Oh my gosh.
1: That's amazing. Yeah.
2: That was really, really cool.
1: (laughs) That's pretty awesome. And,
2: um, yeah. And then, you know, we, we, we were able to move on with the manufacturing, and we had products a few months later. And um, we, you know, shipped the product. We got amazing feedback from parents. Um, and since then, we were in, we were able to uh, modify the parts to make it more user friendly. Um, while the technology is still the same from day one, um, the usability of it is a little bit um, too novel for some people, and they just. Just don't understand so putting the you know a lot of instructions and just to give you um a little bit of uh, idea of how the product works um, it has nothing to do with baby bottles the only similarity is that it feeds the baby but might as sure. well be completely different um baby bottles is a typical container that you know you have to feed the baby and in order to do so you have to turn those bottles upside down right. which creates a free flow um, there's air introduction, you know, through the vents. If there's no vents, you get this vacuum, negative vacuum inside. It creates more problems. So, um, so all those all those factors um, tend to cause a lot of issues. And as I said in the beginning, 66% of babies suffer with severe symptoms of gastroesophageal reflux, according to the National Institute of Health. So, um, the way my product works is essentially a giant syringe where it has a plunger, a silicone plunger. It gets inserted into a cylinder, um, and then that plunger creates a base. So you fill in the container with milk or water or tea, whatever it is that you see in the baby. You close the nipple and the collar, and then you're able to expel the air much like a syringe, by pushing on that plunger um, until you, know, you get rid of all the air. And then it feeds the baby when, while the baby is in upright position. Um, so hmm. the baby has wow. to create the suction. It's actually independent of gravity. You don't need to tip this product upside down or hold it horizontal. You just hold it like, you know, like an open cup, and the baby creates the suction to feed. And that way, he also controls the pace, right? Not there's no two babies that feed exactly the same way. Everybody has their different uh, pace and and flow um, you know amounts of milk that they feed with sure so this product allows the baby to control the flow (sighs) control the pace if they pause not milk comes into their mouth or it's never overfeeding if you're feeding the baby as as instructed in in an upright position with face down there's never choking there's never you know none of those issues that are normally caused with ordinary bottles. sure um
1: now, to, to and, make the product, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's plastic, right? So I'm sure it requires molds. And how did you figure out manufacturing for that?
2: Um, well, in my past life, <laughs> while I was working right. at Cooper, America, that's <laughs> what I would do. That's ah, exactly, very good. that was my job. <laughs> uh, so you
1: knew some of the suppliers, um, perfect.
2: Yeah, yeah, I knew some suppliers. I knew, you know, the design process part of it, the quality control and, um, after um, not being able to find a good partner here in the United States, I had to go overseas. Yeah, no so, surprise. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And so um, they were able to manufacture the product and, um, you know, then bringing it here, bringing it back here. Uh, it's also a, a process that I had uh, learned a little bit. Um, currently, we, we, we uh, bring in the product into California, even though we're based in New York. So our warehouse is actually in California.
1: Yeah, that's, I'm not surprised. Yeah, I mean, for we've talked about this on other podcasts, but to make a mold for plastic items, I mean, it's just too expensive. Oftentimes, to make it, you know, sadly in the United States, and so you got to go overseas to source it just to get the cost down, and in order to make it, get it here, ship it here, then resell it either to consumer or to co- or retailers. It's just the cost model doesn't work, um, and and that's we yeah, it's just a challenge for, at least yeah. for right now. <laughs>
2: a lot of products are cost prohibited. Yeah, it doesn't work. Know, if we it's were too to expensive. Do something
1: here, yeah. Yeah. I'd, we've been through it with some of our own products. Um, So interesting. So, okay. So you had the, the Kickstarter somewhat or the, the crowdfunded campaign. And then was there a point when you knew it was going somewhere, you know, was there a point where all of a sudden, you know, wow, we're getting sales that, you know, aren't our friends and family. Where What was that turning point?
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. There was a tipping point for sure. Um, so my husband is in sales and when I had my prototype that was, you know, at Frankenstein, I told him, hey, I want to show this to Babies of Us, which was the largest Ah, retail at the time. And so he's like, are you crazy? (laughs) (laughs) So I said, like, look, you just get me the appointment. And he did, right? He does, that's what he does. He cold calls people and he makes appointments. And so he got me a meeting with this senior buyer mm-hmm. and uh, and this is actually back in 2012 I think sure um and uh so I presented the concept um and you know you hear so what happened was you hear a boom and that was you know her job hitting the <laughs> table because she was like <laughs> she said everybody tries to make a meeting with me saying that they have something new and innovative and never is that, she pointed at my prototype, said is new and innovative. Oh, that's we'll so cool. go make cool. it and come back. Wow. So, yeah, so that was the tipping point. That was when we figured, okay, now we need financing. Right. We need, you know, yeah, everything went crazy. But, but yeah, we, we made it. Um, you know, took a little... Longer, probably
1: than yeah, but that's part, your, of the, you know, part of the part of the deal. Company. It doesn't. It's not yeah. an overnight thing, especially when you make a, 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 a product like this. So, um and then what? So you, you know you're going to get big orders. You need to ramp up production. So how did you manage that? Was it did you have the right product at that point, or did you have to redo the molds to make a more stable product? What did that look like?
2: Uh, well, since the first meeting with Baby R Us, um, as I said, that was, I think, 2012. So we didn't launch in Baby R until 2016. Um, we did have a small production uh, around 2013, late 2013. Um, but in order to ramp up and, you know, incorporate the modifications that we have collected from feedback, it took, like, redoing all the molds and everything. Um and um and we launched in twenty sixteen in hundred and eighty five baby the rest stores. It was awesome. very nice. And cap. It was it was
1: cool. It oh, that's was, very cool.
2: It was a dream come true.
1: And what about marketing um, and PR? Did you have to buy or pay for, you know, placements on social and whatnot, or did you have influencer marketing? What did that look like?
2: Um, well, so we relied on organic marketing. Uh that was how we did the presale um so we put a lot of efforts behind the blog and the social media um and um it, you know we had uh, a lot of sales uh we got an amazing feedback which led to a uh, a clinical trial actually because wow. that's when we started hearing about the moms saying my baby's gas and colic is gone and also the acid reflux symptoms were gone so that's that was surprising and very um you know amazing because again there's nothing that actually helps with acid reflux and and acid reflux is it's a disease. So totally. you know, so that was a surprise. So in order to understand this kind of feedback, to, you know is it real and <laughs> what is this? just imagination, so we um, hired a clinician and she designed the study the proper way and she ran the study with 122 babies and she concluded that 75% of babies no longer met the clinical criteria for gastroesophageal results.
1: Wow!
2: So that was cool. That was amazing. That is amazing. Um, of course, we wanted to we wanted to you know incorporate that into our marketing and packaging. Of course. But course. as it turns out, you know, anything that mitigates the the disease or symptoms of a disease is deemed a medical device by the FDA. Oh. So <laughs> oh my gosh, but that's but right. but that is actually uh, you know given as an opportunity to actually um, initiate something in that market. Because wow. again, there's nothing out there that helps baby. Wow. So so, yeah, so that's actually the next step. We're working on a device that is going to be FDA-approved um, with the indication for gastroesophageal reflux disease for um, infants.
1: That's so great. That's amazing. Now, um, in terms of channels, I mean, you, you talked about the retail channel with Toys R Us, Baby Art, Babies R Us. Um, I, I know you saw on your website. what Any other retail that you've been thinking about or approaching or what, what does that look like in terms of how you're thinking about route to market?
2: Yeah. So Babies or Us was such a great partner. We talked for four years before launching and we started actually in an exclusive, um, um, you know, a- agreement. And, uh, the problem is that a year later, <laughs> Babies Us went belly up, Right. toys or us was wiped out, you know, so that, uh, hurts, uh, a lot of the sales. And uh, I mean, not only us, everybody who's selling there. Um, and it took, a little bit of time to, you know, climb back up um and talk to other retailers. Um, then we launched then uh Walmart.com and BabyBaby.com. We started selling on Amazon and our website. Um and then, you know, COVID and well, all this, <laughs> you know, cycles <laughs> that have been happening. Right. But um but yeah, I mean the product is still very much uh, a necessity at this point. Um, any babies that are having difficulties with spitting, uh, uh, colleagues, you know, crying a lot, um, this product actually helps them with mitigating all those symptoms. And, you know, we're getting a lot of phone calls from doctors, clinics. So it's it's very interesting. It's kind of shifting a little bit more towards the, the medical device side at this point. Interesting, but, but it's still, yeah, it's still available for consumer products. And, you know, we want to make sure that all parents have access to it, whether you know, regardless of if you have insurance or not or whatever. So we want to keep a version as a consumer product for sure, um, sure, while we'll continue to work on the medical device.
1: Of course, I think it's wise. Um, uh, it's fascinating. Um, so as you think about the what's ahead, do you do you double down on the current product or do you extend the product line? What what does that look like from a strategy perspective?
2: So we want to, there is, so there's babies who are full term, you know, they're born, you're pregnant for, uh, you know, nine months, you have your baby, um, then baby starts having all kinds of issues. But so there's, there's a lot of babies that are also born premature. Um, About 10% of the babies are born premature and they end up in the neonatal infant care unit. Um, And and the, the problem in this small population, it's very, very severe. So 85% of babies suffer from gastroesophageal reflux. So the next step is going to be in that population. We want to help the little ones. Um, and we want to, you know, sell the products in NICU, to be used in NICU. Um, it's going to have, uh, I mean, I can't disclose much of it, but sure. it's going to sure. be amazing. Wow. Um, and then as the baby grows as well, that they transition out of, you know, baby bottle going into sippy cups and stuff. Um, this product as it is right now helps a lot with that transition because the babies are feeding in upright position so they're not laying down or anything so you see you know like you go to McDonald's and you see this baby for like one or two and they're learning to transition into stroke up, first thing they do is they turn the stroke up, you know, upside down to feed and <laughs> they take flowers every time. Right.
1: So true.
2: So, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so if the baby never learned how to turn anything upside down because with this product they don't need it, um, the tr- it, it speeds up the transition. Um wow, and it, it gets them off. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you know, like at least they keep up with the recommended, uh, pediatric transitions. Like after nine months, they should be transitioning to sippy cups. At 12 months. They're supposed to be using a stroke cups you know, so, right. um, so they, they, it helps them keep up with
1: the right milestones as well. That's very, very cool. Um, I always love to ask our our guests what would be two or three of your biggest lessons learned over the time that you've been building this brand and, and, and product. And I mean, you've had a number of years to, to really get it going. What would be two or three pieces of the advice you'd share with our audience? So
2: um, my advice will be, you know, first things first is, find you uh, find find right partners You yeah, know, the right partner can make a huge difference uh whether it's for manufacturing for design and retail marketing you know anything that you do and you want to research your partner uh very very well in depth um because it can make a huge difference
1: either way um, right and- it can be a bad decision or a good decision <laughs>
2: Yeah, and you know, it could be a lot of money and time, you know, wasted if you, if you, if you get in with the wrong, you know, manufacturer or the wrong, you know, Social media person or whatever. So.
1: Absolutely. That's wow. great advice. And that's, I actually did an interview yesterday and a very similar advice. And then the guests had shared just uh, specifically they had gone down the path of the wrong agency and, you know, spent all this money on wow. retained, you yeah. know, work that never got done anyway. Yeah. Wow. And so that's awesome. But either there or manufacturing, right? We're working with the wrong partner and you spend lots of money on molds and it doesn't work. I mean, like, it can be a, a black hole. But go ahead. Sorry. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, well, the the, you know, the the, one of the latest things I've done because I do get a lot of phone calls from, you know, entrepreneurs and especially moms that have ideas. And they're like, hey, how do we how do do I do this? (laughs) So um, in order to help them out and streamline my um, my time as well, I have actually joined the is S P O R E. Ah, very good. Um, it's a it's a non for profit organization that's backed up by the SBA, um, and they they mentor and they have you know people who ha- come have a lot of um, uh, background whether it's financial or marketing or you know in my case creative and you know design manufacturing so they can help the the upcoming entrepreneurs guide them into what they need to do next. So I'm one of the advisors. Um, That's awesome. I love that you're doing that. Yeah, yeah. It's going to give me a nice, um, you know, table to um, actually help my
0: fellow
2: entrepreneurs. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, it's a great way to give back too. Uh, This has been amazing, Prisca. Share with our audience where they can find you, find the product, etc.
2: Yeah, the product can be found on our website. If you buy from us, my small business is the best. If we get, you know, we don't have to pay retailers. So <laughs> you're going to go to biddylab.com B-I-T-T-Y-L-A-B.com. Uh, we have all the information in there and we also have the shop. So the shop is just biddylab.com forward slash shop. And you can find all the products that we sell in there. You can find the clinical study that we are done, all information, instructions, everything is in one place. So com.
1: Love it. Well, it has been awesome learning about your product. I think what a cool idea. And just the the, the impacts that aren't the direct impact, you know I mean, the indirect positive benefits of this are just awesome. Um, and I think that's one of the, my biggest takeaways from today. And I really appreciate you being on the podcast. Can't wait to see the brand grow and look forward to having you back on.
2: Yeah, thank you so much, Justin, for having me. And I uh, really appreciate helping me spread the word about the products and everything else that we're doing
0: here. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and